0: And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 79 today, uh, USS Nemitz and UFO sightings with our buddy Lee Adams. Uh, you can check out uh, Lee Adams' website at taileaters.com. And uh, what's going on, man?
2: Hey. I'm glad to be back. I almost said welcome back, but I'm just uh <laughs> but from Come your days my...
1: from you doing all your podcasts.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm like,
0: oh well he's our so... most common uh guest, I think. So
1: Yeah, we've got oh, cool, yeah. to say the welcome most. back. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go back and look, but you've probably been on four or five times.
2: Yeah, it's think. been fun. I really enjoy yeah. um talking about myself. No, uh talking <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> That's what all it's all about,
0: down. isn't it? You know, yeah. just getting just getting all your
1: stuff out there. And for yeah. anybody interested, check out Lee's website, com. It's based on you know stuff having to do with consciousness, sleep paralysis, obes, NDEs, psychedelics, anything that gets you out of your consciousness. Also check out uh, our website at Mike and Maurice's or Mike and Maurice com and Patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. Um, so I wanted to talk about, you actually, I don't know, you and I were going back and forth and I was just asking you what you thought about the recent UFO buzz and yeah. all the shows and stuff. And, and I was asking you about the USS Nembitt sightings. You're like, hey, I was uh, stationed on that ship. I'm like, holy shit, why don't we get you on the show? Um, yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about when you were stationed there and uh, how long and your experience?
2: yeah so um I was in the Navy for like fourteen years and um was on the Nimitz at the last period of my um time in the in the military and you know went on a couple deployment or went on the deployment with them and then a couple times out to sea stuff like that um I was a supply officer on the ship, so dealt with like logistics things like that um But my prior experience in the military is um, I was enlisted before I was an officer. So I I worked on aviation um, components of aircrafts. Um, So when they were talking about like the flare pod and stuff like that, those are things that I at least understood and kind of understand how the system works at least. I didn't work on like F-18s, which is the aircraft that were tracking the the, um, UFOs. But um, I worked on like p3 orions which uh they have flare pods on as well and like radar and stuff like that so i understand like um at least how those systems kind of operate um and that's our what's that go ahead the,
0: the flare pods what picks up the the flight pattern of the ship or
2: no, like, uh, flare pods are on aircraft. Um, so the F-18s are the type of aircraft that were tracking them and okay. they were using like a tracking system that can, it's like infrared. Right, so it right. can, um, it can identify things that, you know, you can't really see exactly with can, the eyes, uh, you know, and yeah. stuff like that and, uh, tracks those objects. And most of the information that deals with them is like really secret for like, um, like component wise, I think, but, um, like the theory of how they work and stuff like that is pretty, I mean, I think you can go online and probably learn a lot about flare pods and how they work. So it's like um, it's a passive system. So it's not active, like radar is active. So it sends out a radar signal, sends out a signal and then receives like a response back. Yeah. Uh So it's like the Doppler effect, um, which is the same thing that they use for like um, weather and stuff like that. So it sends out a radar and then receives it back. So radar would bounce off of an object, and then flare is just—it's just using your eyes essentially, like infrared. It's passive; it's receiving information. So it's not like—it's not going to get an error in the system like they were talking about, where um, you would see like a blip or something like that moving around. Like that would not be a type of error that you would see with a flare pod. You would see like maybe like a speck of dust or something like that. You know, yeah. like but unlikely right. it happened, and then. It would it would move as the camera moved around, kind of thing. Or right, so um, it's
0: like it's in real time, pretty much. You're seeing that.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't see like. I mean, the other type of error you may see maybe is like um, shading differences or something like that. Like the, if the op- optics were going bad, but you wouldn't see like it's not a computer program that's like you know you're going to see, like, some type of, like, anomaly anomaly that's, like, moving around, you know, like, Uh as a UFO, that would not happen with, like, a flare pod, like, if it wasn't working accurately. And the pilots are trained on, like, how these things are supposed to work, and the system will tell you if it's, like, broken, things like that. So, um, it's very unlikely that any of that, and I have, you know, people have gone into it and in much more detail than i can showing that it's like un very unlikely that anything like that would happen it's impossible that what those pilots were seeing with their visual eyes as well as tracking with a flare pod is like um is not there you know it's real
1: it's a weather balloon
2: <laughs> yeah weather,
1: yeah um yeah. so but that's our the the flare pod you're talking about is that's our most uh, advanced forward looking infrared system, correct? Like that's the the main one, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the ones that the F 18s use and most other aircraft use for, um, you know, seeing objects, tracking them and night and day and stuff like that. So um, that's what we, ones know, we about. know about. Yeah, like I'm sure they have better optic systems than that, but those are as they're pretty old too. I think I don't know what the history of a flare pod is, but it's probably been used for quite a bit. And they have different versions, stuff like that. And, but, yeah, so it's it's been used for a long time. And it's it's not, like, something that's, you know, brand new out in the market and stuff like yeah. that. So,
1: Well, that's that skeptic, uh, Mick West, who, like, you know, some of the stuff he does is good. Like, obviously, you know, the chemtrail stuff and all that kind of stuff. But he's trying so hard with this one. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's what I think, that's what the goofy thing about being a skeptic is, is, like, yeah. You might not like how people look at things or oh, it's this is woo-woo or whatever, but they go so far the other way that even if something might be true, they're still gonna try and debunk it because they're so far down that other kind of a rabbit hole, you know. So yeah. um, like but, but like what,
0: too at this point, that's probably what he's built his name on was debunking. Right. It, so. But
1: I, I just think that his explanation still really wasn't that satisfactory and people are like, Oh, a great explanation. It's like, did you even understand <laughs> what he was saying? Yeah. like Yeah. Um but, uh,
2: people, so yeah, a lot of people are just trying to, I mean, it doesn't make sense in their mind, you know, like it's a paradigm help.
1: shift. They're not yeah. ready for, you know, or,
2: er, uh, you know, say it's aliens or something like that, you know, that doesn't really make sense. in like, um, understanding of like how the galaxy is and how the universe is and stuff like that you know so they're like it's impossible the aliens would be here well it's like okay well what if it's us well we don't have the technology to do it you know mm-hmm. so it's like okay well if those things are not true you know if it's, those things are impossible then how how do you see something you know obviously it's fake you know that's what it comes down to and then then they want to like disprove it so they find something, anything that they can to just prove it to satisfy, you know, that need in their mind to make sense of reality. And something, you know, in in reality you can't just rationalize out of existence that exists regardless of um how you think your reality is or perceive things, you know, you have to um if you're unable to modify your version of reality, then everything that is not real to you you know because it doesn't fit in your reality is you're going to try to disprove it because it doesn't work you know so that's kind of what i think um extreme skeptics are doing i mean being a skeptic i think is healthy but being extreme skeptic is just the complete opposite of being you know believing everything that you see it's just as insane so you there's a limit to being a skeptic i think where you have to go hmm maybe my version of reality is not (laughs) the only one, you know,
1: I think I heard, uh, Joe Rogan recently on one of his podcasts. It might've been the Bob Lazar one. I don't know. It might've been one of the ones after, but he was saying how, you know, being a skeptic, like how you're saying like an extreme skeptic is kind of lazy minded because you're actually not looking at all the data, um, in an objective way, you're looking at the one side that you're trying to to find, you know, the hole in and not look at the big picture when there could be yep. things the other way that are more, you know, going to sway the, uh, the objective. But um, so let's get back to the uh, Nimitz, though. Um, now, you said, you know, we talked for a second before we went on, you said you didn't really see anything or, you know, it's not really talked about, but um, nothing ever came up when you were on the ship as far as anybody saying stuff or even joking around about it or
2: no, I mean um I think the sightings were in like 2012 or 13, right?
1: Well, the one from there, the one off San Diego, I think it was 2004, 2000. Oh, okay.
2: 2004. That's a, yeah. yeah. I mean, probably about every three years, most of the command, the higher up command changes on mm. a, an aircraft carrier. So, um there's just people constantly rotating through so it's just uh it's kind of like this weird situation where nobody knows the history of things on a ship so um you know interesting yeah
1: compartmentalized like the rest of what i assume the government and
2: the military yeah the, the most amount of time that somebody spends on a ship like that is probably around five years um if you're enlisted And some get
0: to know the nooks and crannies.
2: Yeah, sometimes they should. They come back, you know, like after they have multiple tours, so they'll come back to the ship. Um, But they usually just kind of burns people out, so they'd like to rotate people through as quickly as possible. And the history of the experience and stuff like that kind of goes with it. So, um, you know, nobody's nobody's really talking about the history of the ship besides like maybe the the ship name, things like that not like uh, experiences or events that the ship went through usually that's pretty much forgotten
1: pretty quickly mm-hmm. so when you were on it where were you guys at like where in the world were you guys
2: um well I was uh, the lucky ones where we went to um, it was when Syria was having uh, we were deciding if we were going to bomb Syria and things like that so we went through the Mediterranean stuff like that and uh, we're Typically, we're not supposed to go. So, the Nimitz is currently on the west coast. So, um, they take care of like a certain part of the ocean, um, where other carriers on the east coast will go to different areas as well. So, we because we are in a certain area of the world, we got pulled through and then kind of went through um, the entire ocean. So, we went, you know, everywhere that you can go pretty much um, as a carrier, where typically you're you're located in certain regions so i mean went to like asia and then like the middle east um so pretty much everywhere hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting
1: go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line yeah that's cool well i'm sure you got to see a lot of the world that way yeah
2: wow. it's, it's a little hard to believe in flat earth people you know not to sidetrack the conversation <laughs> When i do was you, gonna bring yeah. it up but
0: you gotta watch <laughs> your, you? We, you just gotta say the f word now because it's yeah like <laughs> the
2: trigger people but uh yeah, it's a little hard to do that when you're on a aircraft carrier watching the world around you, you know like disappearing and coming to visual range and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. um, what? Uh,
1: <laughs> so, what's it like on there though? Like, is there? Because I I would assume most of time you're below the surface of the aircraft carrier, right? Like, in yeah.
2: I mean, most uh, people aren't going to see anything, you know, like, know, like nobody's pictures. standing
1: on top of the surface, just staring there at the sky. There oh, are there people. are people. Yeah. Oh, they're, okay.
2: they're watching the horizon. So you have like, um, uh, I forget the term for them, but they're, they're watch standards. They're people that are constantly looking out at the ocean to see if there's any, um, ships that come in because the military doesn't depend on their radar and GPS for navigation. They can't. So they always have, um, they use that, but then they also use like visual um, detection to see if something's coming or going because mm-hmm. they want to be extra safe. So there's constantly people above 24 hours a day um, looking at the ocean to see if they um, see anything out there. So I'm sure people, you know, like the, I mean, you're talking uh, the aircraft carrier has around 5,000 people in it. And yeah. yeah, it's a lot of people. It's like a city. So It it is a city yeah you know, it has everything on there that you you would have in a typical city besides like a movie theater you know but yeah. um <laughs> they have like uh all these people on there and so you have little communities on the ship stuff like that so if something weird happens or somebody sees something it's not really going to go far unless it's like a big deal even mm-hmm. like um say the pilots at the time saw you know ufos or whatever well it probably wouldn't go very far past like the officer speaking because like officers enlisted typically don't like have hangout time you know we're not gonna talk to each other very much so the pilots may talk about it but then um that's as far as it's gonna go so
1: so yeah i mean it's kind of the same thing like compartmentalized like yeah you know know, and even we were talking to the navy just um changed their stance on the whole thing and now they're you know if you have a sighting if you're you know one of these pilots or somebody on one of these ships or something uh it's easier to report and talk about as where before it was like kind of hush hush like of course people see weird shit but don't talk about it you know
2: yeah i mean i I don't i mean i was in the military you know the navy for quite a while and worked with pilots things like that and i never heard of anything where they cared about people talking about stuff i just think that if somebody sees something like that, something strange that it's not like, Hey, if you see a UFO, you know, like don't talk about it. It's more like talk about it, but nobody cares, you know, like they just, they're like, wow, that's cool. You know, but then it's like, okay, now I got to keep going on with my life, you know? So then you just kind of quit. You just don't care, you know?
1: Well, that was the whole, what do they say? Um, You know, there was this whole like psyop thing where to make it a joke, you know, like early on, if they made it enough of a joke, they could get away with doing it under the cover of everybody's noses based on the fact that everybody thinks it's a joke, you know? Yeah. So, I mean.
2: Yeah. I mean, one thing that I'd like to, I would like to talk about my two experiences with UFOs, um, if if that's cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'll go backwards. So. I was actually in the military on a base when um, the second sighting I ever saw happened. Um, and so at the time I was a maintainer and I worked on electronics of aircraft and the, and this was in um, Virginia beach, Virginia, and it was new year's Eve and it had flooded like the, the rain, some storm had come and the, flooded the base. So it's like impossible to even get onto the base. And so You know, we had to go to work We're, you know, I'm enlisted guys at this time. And, you know, when you're told to go to work, you go to work regardless of like however it takes you to get to work. So um, so the base is flooded. I drive as far as I can to like the waters, like, you know, to my car. And then I take off my boots and wade through the water to um, where I work, which is like the flight line of the um, where all the airplanes are parked and everything so there's like f-18s you know everything around Mm -hmm. and the base is completely dark there's like no one there besides like a couple gate guards and um you know i go to work and everything and it's also new year's eve so like nobody's gonna work then and it's it's i work the night shift so it's like pitch black you know like two in the morning or something Mm -hmm. like that and so going in and working you know everything's fine and then i i went inside for some reason there's a bunch of people outside working on all the planes and um i came out and they're like dude did you see that and i was like no you know like what are you talking about and most of these guys are like pilots too so there's civilian pilots and there's also like uh, pods for the military and they they work on the systems too like um the enlisted guys work on the systems the pilots are like you know they fly the planes and then some of the enlisted guys are also civilian pilots they're like reservists so they work full-time as a uh mil- or civilian pilots and then they come to work and like work on the planes and stuff like that so they're kind of like wearing two hats. Gotcha. So they and and then there's also another group of people that fly with the planes. They're like called um crew chiefs stuff like that. So they they're air crew. They they work with the plane, they fly with the plane and then they they're um skilled enough that they know the systems and um how to work with the pilots as the plane's flying. So they very well educated on Aircraft. That's what I'm trying to get to. So they're like, I'm like, what, what what happened? You know, and they're like, oh, there was some plane and it like, it flew over and it didn't have FAA lights on it, like the requirement, you know, the green and red mm-hmm. lights. And they're like, yeah, it just had white lights. And they're like, so it's breaking law, you know, federal law. Sure. And then it it went into the trees, like right outside the base. It like hovered over and then it landed in the trees. And like these people and I know the the layout of the base very well, and there's no flight line over there. There's no place to land for these planes. You know, they just it just came down and landed in these trees. And it's like, I mean, you can't land in those trees. There's trees everywhere in Virginia. Like, you know, right. You just nothing to land there. So I mean, we're not allowed in the area. No one's gonna go drive out there or anything, you know. And but I was just like, oh, so I didn't see it. You know, I was like, oh, that's weird. And right. and they're all just worked up about it. But then we finished our work and we were going home and they were talking about it as we're walking out and the gate guard was like, yeah, you know, I saw it too, you know, and the gate guard's just like some, you know, kind of military grunt guy, you know? And he's like, yeah, I saw some plane, you know? And then, and then he's like, it's like, what the hell is that? And I look up and I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like this, um, the only way I can describe it is like a giant trash bag, like a giant plastic trash bag. Floating over the base. So it, like, you know, like if you could imagine like a trash bag that's probably two miles in diameter wow. floating, you would see like it come in translucent, you know, like come into visual sure. and then like come out. So it was doing that. It was kind of like I could see parts of it, you know, and then at the same time, like parts of it was gone and then it would come in, like, and then I could see it. So it was like shimmering kind of in the sky. And it was like, Two miles in diameter. This thing was massive. Wow. And I was just like, Whoa, like what is that? You know, like my brain couldn't even make sense of that. Like if it landed in a city, it would cover the entire city, you know, like you right. know <laughs> people would be wondering how to get rid of this thing, you know. Right, right. And, you know, I was like, What is this? And we just watched it float over the base and it was slow and then it uh disappeared, you know, eventually it was gone, and we we're just like, Okay, you know, and we got in our cars and drove home and like no one really talked about it ever after that. They just kinda like it kind of was like that thing we were talking about where something doesn't fit in your, you know, your your version of reality kind of thing. It's just like kind of an error, you know, and you're like right. your brain just kind of was like, Okay, you know, I don't know how to deal with that, so I'm just gonna right. like get rid of it for now, you know. Tuck so it up again.
1: It didn't have any definite shape, it was just kind of like uh morphing no. different ways or
2: yeah, it looked like I mean it looked like if you took a um, plastic bag out and you made it two miles in diameter, flat, and then you floated it across the sky, well, wow. like probably,
1: and it couldn't have been like um, some sort of gas or no, it's no, maybe
0: not some at all. weather some type of like cloud. No, I mean I know no. I,
1: I'm not trying to, you know. I, no, I'm, I mean I'm just, I'm just trying to to get gather like what kind of consistency it seemed. It like. was.
2: It had like uh, defined attributes because it was like connected to itself so whatever it was was like coming in and out of like it was it was cloudy out so you could see like the clouds you know but then there was this shape that would come in and out of like the visual range you know like shimmering in the sky as it floated over it was super slow
1: do you think that whatever it was was possibly cloaking losing cloaking something like that or maybe coming in and out of a dimension i mean well i don't quote, know
2: man yeah. i don't i have no idea but i mean like it was like it, it by itself is weird enough you know like if you're gotcha. like okay there's a plastic giant so
1: plastic like what bi- like, a, like a sky jellyfish Kind yeah of like?
2: yeah yeah exactly like a sky jellyfish oh. but then you right before that you know like probably 45 minutes before that all these people saw this
1: Something aircraft,
2: yeah. you know, float over the base where it's like no one's at this base, you know, like right. It's close Do you think that was
1: probably on purpose? Do you think
2: Yeah, I mean they if, if if there's somebody working around the base, they knew that there was no one on that base besides maybe like a two or three people, you know? Right. Like you could have terrorists come take over that base that night, you know, like there's no one on that base.
1: Do and you think- do you think that though, that um, with all the stuff like do you do you personally believe that this stuff's possibly like us, like some sort of super yeah. advanced technology from one of the the private you know military um, company you know the uh, contractors, or do you think it's possibly um, something from out of this world
2: i I think that probably the government knows about it and um I mean why would it be right next to a military base if it wasn't like right? the military didn't like why would it be there you know like Yeah the military obviously would know that I mean it there's something there it landed in the trees you know right, right outside the base so it's like okay you can't just prove that you know it probably like 15 people saw it and they're they're credible people they're not you know gonna lie no
0: one no one writes like a report don't you have to report no no nobody wrote a
2: report no No, that's what
1: i was saying before about the the naval the new naval guidelines is that you can now report that stuff and be taken seriously as where before you just didn't talk about it or, or weren't taken seriously or
2: whatever nobody cares man that's that's the fact like Like, if I wrote up a report, you know, say, like, I saw the trash bag thing and I was like, saw (laughs) trash bag. Saw "Saw massive trash bag. Don't title your
0: document the trash bag thing. Or saw
2: lights, you know, fly over the base, whatever, and I report, right? right? Who knows where that's going to go? Nobody gives a shit, you know, because like, we got real stuff to worry about, you know, like getting an aircraft fixed for the next day's flight and things like that. Mm -hmm. Or the pilot's, you know, he's like, got to fly, you know, it's like, and you go all the way up the chain of command. And everybody is absolutely super busy with the shit they already got going on. There's no one that's got time to talk about, like, UFOs and be like, what is this and who's doing it? They're like, okay, man, like, whatever. Like, I got a life to live. Like, let's, So the workload
0: drowns the...
2: Yeah, they don't, they do not have, no one has time to talk about things that are not in their job description for the military. They are way too busy, Mm -hmm. like, overworked. They're just not going to do it.
1: I mean, that makes sense, but yeah, maybe I there's just, something to that too. Yeah, yeah. They'd have to kick me out because that's all I'd be thinking about and talking <laughs> about. <now.
2: laughs> well, I'm, 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 i mean, there's UFO. Like, I mean, people talked about the UFO a little bit, you know, that they saw and stuff. But most most people that talk like have time to kind of talk about things are enlisted guys, and they're just like bullshitting, you know, and they they talk mm-hmm. about anything. Right. like ufos conspiracies or whatever and it's just to entertain themselves but like nobody's you know once people go home it's like eh, well that's it so they're just too busy man they don't I just have time find that, for that
1: fascinating too i don't i don't know what why i find that so fascinating i just think that um this is well, like one of life... podcast over it so obviously well, I, I know <laughs> but i'm just saying like this is like one of life's greatest mysteries is that yeah, like, yeah. are are we you know i'd say there's two are we alone and what happens after we die to me those are like the two you know, Oh, I guess are we, you know, were we created too? you know, those, those kinds of things. But I mean, I I think when you look at, um, you know, your story and just like what you're saying about, I, I, I just, I keep flipping back and forth. I keep thinking it's could be us, you know, it could be something that we have to do with. Maybe it is something we have to do with, but it's also has to do with something from out of this world too. You know, I don't know, but, um, like you said, like, why would it just be there? Uh, I guess the rebuttal from some people on that would be, you know, you got people like Steve, Dr. Steven Greer, you know, um, you know, even this recent Tom DeLong to the stars Academy stuff, um, where they say these things are potentially a threat or they don't understand them. They shut down nuclear weapons, you know, and turn systems on, turn them off, that kind of stuff. So, um, it's hard to get a real gauge and, What's going on and why? In my opinion, based on the stuff that's out there, so well, yeah.
0: well, we do we do know that they're not causing too much harm because they could have detonated bombs if it, right, you know. So well, that's why I'm doing good. Were, yeah. if yeah, you're gonna ask me, but again,
2: yeah, I mean, who knows what is going on, why or anything like that? I mean, like, um, I mean, the the military's doing all kinds of crazy shit like that. No one understands or knows about. Like, I was in um point magoo california which is where they have like the rocket uh sites for like launching some of the satellites and stuff like that okay um is that where that
1: spacex does their stuff or no
2: it's i, I don't know who it's government that yeah. launches stuff from there okay. and i've never even i i was on that base for uh like four or five years and i never even saw a rocket test like they i would you know they'd be like oh a rocket went off last night you're like what like you know and i lived on the base i was in the barracks there and so I was like, that's weird. But, like, a, a weird thing that I would notice, um, I had to eat in the, the galley, which is like where the, um, you call it like, a, I don't know, like the restaurant, you know, on the okay. base.
0: Okay. Uh-huh.
2: So you go to like the, the restaurant. Court. Yeah, the food court. It's called a galley. Sabaro. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the guy's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Charlie's
0: guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's, it's usually okay food. But, um, as enlisted, you're kinda of required to eat there. You don't have like uh money, right. you don't get money for food and stuff like that. So you go to this galley and you eat there and um and every once in a while like there'd be like a million fucking people on this in this restaurant, you know? It just, like appear out of nowhere. You're like, Where are all these people coming from? Mm-hmm. And they're like Japanese, you know, Chinese and who knows? Like nobody's speaking any like language that I could like recognize, you know, like I could understand anything they were saying. And like I lived on the base, you know, like I drove around the base, I delivered parts and stuff like that. I knew the base very well, you know, and, and there's no like restricted areas. There's very few restricted areas, not enough space to keep all these people. And I was like, and we were just kind of joked about it. You know, all these enlisted guys were like, where are these people coming from? You know, like they Mm -hmm. must be coming from underground because like, there's no other place that they could store them. Like
0: melting pot over there.
2: Yeah. So they, I mean, I'm, pretty confident that there's like an underground base in point miguel california where they have some shit going on you know and that's there's like a mountain near there like a hill that um some of the guys would like um accidentally hike up every once in a while too and government cars would come out of nowhere and just like um like tell them they couldn't be there you know like right. just right. starting to, to walk up it you know and then that's how area up.
1: 51 used to be yeah before. i think they put fences in instead and uh but they've always like patrolled the area so that's kind of similar what you're yeah i mean they it.
2: they, they not- said they they come out of nowhere too like you know they just barely start walking up this hill you know that it's yeah. like kind of near the base you know and there's a sign it's like off limits or whatever but, but what you know, if the i mean what right? if
1: you're our military it's just because it's beyond your yeah whatever be level or but what do they say to you obviously you, you don't get in trouble right no you're, they're you're just like
2: turn around property yeah, yeah they're like you're not allowed here you know do
1: they no. tell you that when you go into the military like may you may encounter times where you're you know, <laughs> no. stumble across something that you should you know you need to get the no, no you just
2: you know you stick to your um your path you know like if if somebody's if you work somewhere, you kind of just go there. You don't like wander around. Be like, oh, I wonder if it's in this building. No right. one does that, you know, because they'd follow be like, all
0: your guidelines or or else.
2: Yeah, you get you get yelled at enough in the military that you don't like mess around with shit. You know, like, yeah, I you. you're not looking for additional yelling at. <laughs> you just kind of like stuck right. to a path.
0: Maybe maybe that's what the boot camps all based around. They they scream so much. Where if you want to poke your nose around stuff, you just think back to that, and you're like, I don't want to get that. Yeah, yet, that tongue lashing.
2: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's um, it's a standard government organization that's doing this stuff. It's more like a uh, probably a subcontracted thing. You know? Yeah, it's
1: all the other companies. You know, they're or... not
2: uh, looking to probably recruit people from the military either because, like, they've been brainwashed a certain way too, and um, they're not usually most educated people and things like that. So, you know, like the military kind of um Attracts a certain type of person to it, and yeah. I would—I mean, if I'm not—I don't know what these government agencies are or anything like that, but they probably wouldn't want those kind of people that are attracted towards being. Well, in you the said it's right. like
1: private companies, though. You know, it's like what, like yeah. Skunk Works, Bell Labs, uh, yeah. Lockheed Martin, who, like that kind knows of stuff. Who knows if the names yeah. are even out there? You know, it's... Bigelow airspace You know,
2: yeah. I mean if you want to get into some conspiracy stuff man you should look into the, like the F35 program and like all the amount of money that they spent on that shit and there's like nothing like coming out of it so it's like Well that's what the
1: argument was you know how our government came out and said that they spent $22 million from 2007 to 2012 on the ATIP program, which was advanced aerial threat Identif- uh, oh, okay. identification program. Uh, I mean, I heard people talking about, well, that was just what they reported, you know, like yeah, there yeah. been billions of dollars in there that, uh, you know, oh, um, and you, you've got all these, you know, different programs but that's where this gets weird too because what we were talking about how everything's compartmentalized you know how you're talking about the way the ship structure the way that you know the military works and that kind of stuff um it seems like that goes for that whole industry too but also there's been people i don't know if you're aware there's a recent memo that came out um called the wilson memo where he was a high level guy that was being denied access to some of these programs, even though they have to do with all this kind of UFO stuff, you know, and in the memo, it talks about how our physics haven't caught up. And like every eight to 10 years, we take another stab at it because what we've recovered or what we have is so far advanced to what we know um, and that kind of stuff. But um, I was just wondering what you thought about that. Like how maybe, you know, even some of our own military and government don't have access to this kind of stuff
2: i think it makes sense you know to me because like you don't want like military people are a certain way you know like um excluding myself i'm just kidding but um (laughs) they they they're trained a certain way they have a certain type of mentality you know and they have a um usually they have a very strong world view and perception of their reality you know like we were talking about before how if your reality breaks then you know you just kind of deny things, whatever, right, so you're not really open to like interpretation of things in the military, so and most of these people that are high ranking they've been in for a long time, you know, like an admiral or something like that um or general you know has been in for twenty plus years in the military they've been they've gone through all this like process of getting there, you know like sure. they are fully indoctrinated into this like mentality, yeah, so if the way you, of their
0: life, you
2: know? yeah, so if you're like working on a special project you know and then like some government like military guy comes in and is like i want to see your files i'd be like hell no man like yeah you you are a certain way and we are not that way and this doesn't fit in like i would have to re-educate you on all kinds of stuff you know basis of reality itself you know and then like the chances of that person like breaking you know like say sure say you and you tell them all this stuff and then they're like, holy shit, you know, like, I can't believe this. They get excited and then right. they want to tell their people, you know, and you don't want that, you know, like, that's what gets me about the Bob Leraz thing and... Bob Lazar. Um, Yeah, sorry.
1: Bob Leraz, um, that's what we're gonna start calling him from now on. Yeah, Bob Luraz. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> Just Bob call him lazy <laughs> And he, the interesting thing about his situation that doesn't make sense to me is that these government people that um interviewed him and allowed him to work at this you know at this place would know how he's going to react to the stuff that he saw there's no way that they would just put somebody there show him a bunch of shit and then be like well let's cross all our fingers to hope that this guy doesn't like just um become a defector and like tell everybody about our shit you know like
1: But that wasn't, the. let me stop you there, that wasn't part of the story though. Part of the the story was he was open-minded and that kind of a person and that, you know, I don't know if you watched the whole thing, but it goes into like his wife cheating on him and then them using that to like stir him up a little bit and see how he was going to react to that. Um, And then the reason why he came out with everything wasn't because he even says it in one of the interviews, like, I'm not doing this because everybody needs to know about it. I'm doing this so I don't want to be killed. You know, like he was worried about what he knew and then allowing him to either leave or walk away or whatever the case, even continue maybe, you know. Um, so that would be what you're saying. I, I agree with, but I think that my perspective on the documentary and his Joe Rogan interview and everything was that the specific reason for him doing that was just to keep himself alive. Now, whether he's telling the truth or telling a lie, there's a lot of interesting things that came to fruition you know that were part of his story whether it be the thing that scans your your hand and, and and bone density and everything like that that wasn't known until like last year you know like um and then the the stable element 115 we can't stabilize it it only lasts in like milliseconds within like yeah. a, a particle collider you know and stuff like that so um like I said, I don't know if he's telling the truth or not. I'm st- I still go back and mm-hmm. forth. I want to believe him and, and think that there's some crazy shit out there, you know, And like we have some sort of anti-gravity technology that we just don't understand. But then you know, I guess, I don't know, the thing that gets me the most though on the whole thing is what does he have to gain? If anything, he's lost. He's been raided a few times. He's um, you know, his wife cheated on him. He isn't living Man. some awesome lifestyle. He hasn't gained any money. He gave the money that he got from the documentary to like charity for like a science program at like a high school you know so it's not like he's killing it out there so the only thing i could think of is why he would keep telling the story and keep putting the 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 stuff out there um would be one he's still part of the government and there's some reasoning behind them wanting him to put that stuff out there Mm. um two uh that he is lying. He's some sort of sociopath, which I mean, I don't necessarily <laughs> believe based on like what I've seen. No, I'm just being yeah. honest, like to be that good of a liar and to keep that charade up that long and, and not have a conscious, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't know anybody that could keep telling that same story on like national TV and stuff like that. So it's like, he's only well known within the UFO community. And even half those people don't believe him or don't like yeah. him. So I just, I don't, I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know what he would have to gain from the whole thing, you know? I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, my conspiracy and the conspiracy is that maybe they kind of knew or pushed him to defect, um, on purpose, um, only allowing him to see a certain amount of stuff in order for him to release the information to the public and Mm -hmm. see how the public would respond to it. Because that would be a perfect test, you know, be like, okay, here's some real shit, you know? Right. um, but it's nowhere close to like the entire entire thing. And that's kind of uh, what he talked about. He only worked on a small thing and we'll show him some stuff. And then, you know, he's probably going to defect or we're going to push him to that point. And then he's going to tell everybody and we're going to see how people, how the community responds to it. And I mean, from result, you know, if that's the truth, then the result is that people don't give a shit, you know, and they, they will scream, not the person saying they're a liar and completely try to destroy their credibility to, you know, keep their perception of reality. uh, Secure, you know, why is
1: that? It's just, I I mean, I get, that's the main thing for me is like, this shit's been on like CNN CNN and Fox and stuff. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, UFOs not explained by, you know, pilots that are well-trained that saw it both in infrared and, with their visual you know their 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 actual eyes you know so it's like it's it's just part of the news cycle like it's a day or two and then gone and then the good thing about i know a lot of people don't like the show unidentified on history channel and what to the stars and tom delong and all those people are doing but there's this whole thing going on you got the bob lazar stuff you got the to the stars academy stuff you've got all these other um you know researchers coming out now and doing more and more work so it's like there's this whole thing going on and hopefully that continues but it's just like i don't know if we're any closer i want to believe that we are but
2: i don't know it's not it's not about other people believing i don't think it's about your individual you know view of what what you believe you know what you what you know are the facts you know the fact of the matter is is that people that are um trustworthy are know systems know how things work have experienced ufos you know like that's the fact you know like they've seen them they have people have documented it there's pictures of these things you know like enough evidence has been shown that in the government u.s government admits that they're real you know like there's a point where you're like okay like ufos are real are they aliens i don't know are they us i don't know but it doesn't matter what matters is that at least one thing is true that ufos are real so let's stop being skeptical about the the truth of ufos being real you can be skeptical about people's personal encounters with ufos you know be like well that's not a real one you know that's not a real encounter but like the people that are still in the bagwagon that like say ufos are not real like that's laughable i think like honestly i mean i i mean when i was a kid i'll talk can i tell about my first encounter sure yeah please please. so yeah yeah, so um when i was a little kid i was like really interested in space you know like i was obsessed with outer space and wanted to become an astronaut you know like a lot of kids Mm -hmm. um and so i went to space camp and um met a guy there and um he he became friends with me and i lived in idaho and he, he lived in oregon and so i was like hey you know once we get back you know come over and uh hang out at my house for a week or something like that and you know we'll just hang out summer vacation kind of thing and he's like okay so he ended up uh, visiting me for a week and every night we would stay outside and just stay out and look at space you know out in the stars whatever Mm -hmm. it's kind of romantic but i'm not gay but uh (laughs) so whoa whoa, uh, bro we're getting all
0: kinds of red flags today Yeah, yeah
2: (laughs) trigger warning um (laughs) so we're you know hanging out and one night it's uh it's pretty late you know it's probably around 11 or 12 at night it's dark out and we also had an airport near my house so it wasn't uncommon for planes to come in and you know make loud noises or whatever um so i'm laying there and i see you know an airplane and it's it's obviously going in for a landing um at this airport that's pretty close by and um uh it it uh starts coming closer and closer to my house and i was like starting to kind of get concerned because like it was getting so close to my house that I was worried that it may hit my house. Um, And at the same time, you know, like uh, when something's like, that's happening to you, you kind of like freeze, you know, like you're, you, you don't know if you're dreaming kind of, you know, or experiencing something. And so it, um, then I thought, well, maybe it was a helicopter, you know, it's, it's, as it's coming closer um, because it's not making a lot of noise either. and. It, it just had one light too and it got closer and closer and and finally i was actually scared you know i was like okay this right. thing is going to hit my house and it stopped moving completely and it hovered and still zero sound and then it shot straight up into the air um and i i've seen um space shuttle take off you know out of the atmosphere and um so i know what it looks like for something that um going to space and it um went up faster than i've ever seen any aircraft in my entire life still today and i've seen like f18s break the sound barrier you know mm-hmm. rockets launched everything and in person and uh this thing went faster than that um it never broke the sounds uh the sound barrier and then it also c- curved over the horizon so it, it left the atmosphere just like a uh, the space shuttle did when i was uh i saw earlier in my life before that and then i immediately thought that you know i had dreamed this you know like i had hallucinated this experience and my friend um he he was like what the fuck was that and i was like i don't know man and so like all these years you know i, I was telling my pe- tell my friends about it or whatever people i meet you know scary stories you know in the, in the dark kind of thing and tell them about ufo the thing i saw and you know i was like i wonder you know how accurate my story is you know so I, I caught up with the guy uh, my friend back in the day and um messaged him and he's like a lawyer out of Seattle and he, he's like he said that was the most profound thing he's ever seen in his entire life, you know, even wow. today um the odd how, thing
1: how was, old were you at the
2: time? um I was probably like eight or nine, maybe something okay. like that so the odd thing was is <laughs> so fast forward um I'm in the military now, and I'm at uh my uncle's um his daughters or my cousin is having a um graduation party and I'm listening to my uncle who's like this like straight edge guy, you know. Um and I've never talked to him about like anything, you know, anything yeah. questionable at all. And he's talking telling people about this UFO he saw um in Boise, which is the same area that I saw it. And he describes the exact same thing, but he said in his um, talk, he's he's saying that it went over his car. He's in the middle, of, like the desert, uh, driving mm-hmm. from like Nevada to Boise area, and freaking uh, light goes over his car and then shoots straight up into the sky, just like and his description of how it, like went, flew up and everything was pretty accurate. Like Boise area is high. Like if you look it up, it's pretty high in like UFO accounts for some reason too. So
1: because you're so close to Nevada, which is where most of them occur. Um, yeah, I, I mean, how I think far? Was pretty close, you know. So I think Area 51 is like 85 miles north of Las Vegas. I think, yeah. or somewhere around. I last. mean,
2: it's still pretty big distance, you know, airspace. Well, like a distance. couple hundred
1: miles, you think? A few uh, hundred miles.
2: Yeah, a few hundred, at least. I, I I'd have yeah. to Google it, but. Um, it's pretty good distance still, yeah. but I mean, like that you wouldn't be able to see a light, you know, like right. the the light that I saw was in- no. I just
1: mean in te- in terms of if they're doing shit there, like they're flying around that whole yeah. region, you know what I'm saying? Like you're close to that epicenter, kind of, yeah. you know.
2: I don't know, man. I don't know how it works, you know. <laughs> but I but I do know is I saw uh, something that it was before drones were available. It went faster than any aircraft. It didn't break the sound barrier. It wasn't a meteor, you know, that came in and broke up or whatever and bounced off the atmosphere. It wasn't any of those things. It was it was something that today I can't justify with saying that it wasn't a UFO, you know, like it absolutely was a UFO. Right. So. Um, Did it
0: look like your second experience?
2: No, not at all. No. The second one was like the trash bag one. So, yeah. the second
1: like one, do you, you said you've seen like rocket launchers. Have you seen those SpaceX ones where yeah. it looks like the big blob in the sky of color kind of? Yeah. Like, it didn't look like that at all. So, so, I, but I just mean in terms of like painting the sky, but it was, it was different than that consistency oh, yeah. wise.
2: I mean, it didn't emit light out like, um, when it went up, it was a single light. Like just like
1: loose in, popping in and out or something. No, like it that. was just
2: like a single light. Like, oh, okay. um, it wasn't creating like, cool distortions of, like, you know, space or whatever, like, the uh, SpaceX stuff does or anything like that, there was no flame behind it, which would be, like, an aircraft would have, like, you know, if you rev it up, the engines to, like, um, whatever, afterburners on, things like that, you see, like, a flame come out. You know, like, I've seen Seen thousands and thousands of planes take off, you know. Like, right. I worked on an airfield. I'd watch them all day. I could hear the sounds of aircraft and determine, like, the difference between, like, which one was what. You know, like, I knew right. planes pretty well. And this was—it wasn't a plane, you know. Like, there's nothing that does that. Nothing that doesn't make any noise like that either. You know, like a drone can make enough noise that if it was—if it was that close to me, I would have heard it. You know, sure. it was close. So. It would that's crazy make noise yeah i mean a helicopter would definitely make noise at that level and it didn't so
1: yeah i mean i don't know i think about it all the time i've never seen i look too i have skylights <laughs> in my house and stuff yeah. i'm always peering out like let me see some shit yeah um,
0: that's the times where you never see anything it's the least expected time yeah right? man
2: i mean I'm always the same way too i'm always like god i wish i could just see another one you know I'm like I, I i feel like it's coming you know too i'm like oh my god it's it. something i'm gonna see it you know right. and i i would open up the ship door like in the middle of the night like you're not really supposed to go outside um because they don't want you falling overboard and then like shining a bunch of light anywhere right. on the on the ship out to sea but i was like every once in a while i'd open up the door and then like step out for a bit and just kind of in the middle of the night and look out and be like, Oh, maybe I'll see something tonight, but no, never did. So,
1: yeah. I mean, all those sightings from the, the Nemets and all the different military stuff is either on the West coast seaboard or the East coast seaboard. So, um, I mean, it's just one of those makes you wonder. And then the other thing is, um, there's been a lot of sightings like Catalina Island and Guadalupe Island too. So it's, it does make you wonder like what the hell is going on, you know? Um, and some of these accounts, these crafts go underwater too. And, and, and it's almost like, I forget what they call them, but they can go through air water or, you know, I don't know what it is, but I guess if you have anti-gravity, you can pretty much. Yeah. You're a God. If that's what that manipulate, is. You know?
2: Whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, uh,
2: I mean just a perception, like this is a UFO story, but, um, it's kind of like relatable. So I'm on the ship and we're coming back from deployment and, um, usually I don't look outside. Like most of the time we're all pretty hyper-focused on like what we're doing, like inside the ship. And it just so happens that I like turned my head to left and like looked out the, um, hangar bay doors, which are these big, they're like giant windows with no screen on them, you know, Mm -hmm. and just open air. And I looked out and there's this submarine that, um, jumped out of the water. Like there, it, um, surfaced, you know, like a
1: high
2: great surface, whatever. So it like broke out, you know, like, you see on movies and stuff. And I was like, Holy shit, you know, like it's just like out of nowhere, you know, happened. And then I was like, I looked around, you know, nobody else saw it, you know? And then (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. And I just went back to work, you know, but it was like 100% the same thing where I see something, it just happens, you know, that I just like got the feeling to look at certain area and then like something, you know, I'm like, see this amazing thing. I'm like, well, nobody else saw it, you know? And it's like, okay, well, that's it.
1: It's weird though that's a lot of our best technology mimics kind of nature in a s sur- like um yeah like the submarine surfacing it's almost like a, a whale you oh, know it does for sure, bre- so breaching up a- stopped, well and then think yeah. about you know helicopters basically what a dragonfly can do you know
2: dude that's a that's a deep conversation about see I like I don't think that people create anything i think they just um
0: Darkness ideas
2: they just yeah, even the even like the most innovative ideas. Like innovation means to find, right? It doesn't mean to create anything. It means right. to find something that already exists. So you're just like finding things, patterns, and then you're you're using those patterns in ways that are good for you. You know, like a submarine is a is a is an animal. You know, it looks just like a a whale or something like that. You know, right. and it it looks that way because whales evolved to move through the water you know and so it's right. the best design
0: yeah nature so, like, knows what it's doing that's for sure
2: yeah and you could say the same thing about computers and stuff like that like how computers operate you know like we're like oh we created the computer you know and then and then you know we say oh well reality's like a computer you know it's like no like that's not how it works the computer's like reality you know like right it's not the other way around so everything works because yes, everything is part of nature and reality. You know, that's how, otherwise it wouldn't work. So like, you know, it's on the topic of everything is kind of like nature. Absolutely is. Everything is nature, you know? Right. So. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like even people are like, Oh, plastic. Well, plastic's still made of the stuff that this planet's made out of, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we've made something based on stuff that we already have. It's not, you know, we didn't design something that came out of nowhere. That comes from a different reality. You know, it, it's yeah. you know, and eventually there'll be stuff that breaks down plastic. And they already, I think, they discovered some sort of—I don't know if it's a bacteria or something that, that eats. Yeah, mushrooms.
2: Yeah. Mushrooms will eat plastic. And, yeah. Yep. So I mean, oh. yeah.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Who's ready to storm Area 51? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that thing's got an, a million... I don't know. Have you seen that, Lee? That thing's got yeah. it's gotten a, a million signatures uh, or people signed up to do it. Obviously, I mean, it's a joke, but... Did
0: you see what the Navy or su- $1... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it said they'll
1: shoot.
0: Yeah, they said we're going <laughs> to fuck you up.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, if people... If people did storm like a military base, you know they would just arrest them
1: <laughs> right so yeah.
2: it's not like it's not like they uh you know if if people overwhelmed them, they would probably kill them. To be honest with you, they would right. have to because I mean, like the people that are guarding the area are trained in a very specific way to respond to things that a specific specific way, so it's like, yeah, um, if people rush the fence or whatever like that and start breaking down the fence, then. They have orders to kill people, you know, if right. they come into the. They'll first try to stop them, they'll arrest them or whatever, try to stop them, you know, before they shoot them. But then if if it came to, to the point, they will shoot people and then people will stop. Um, oh, yeah. Trying. Yeah. yeah that's well, how it works. Uh, the other thing is, is
1: that's not even where all that stuff, like the Bob Lazar yeah. thing happened at S4, which was like in the mountain, like down the road a little ways, right. you know, it wasn't at that specific. Face, you know.
2: I think the bigger question that people really okay, like I'm over the UFO thing. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't care if Bob, uh whatever his face is, like telling the truth or not. It doesn't matter to me at all because I've because you
1: believe you believe in it. I know
2: that a UFO exists. Like UFOs exist. Period. In my mind, right? Like there is no buts about it. I don't know about you know personal experiences that other people have or whatever they may whatever. I don't care. You know, I've seen UFOs. Um, the Navy seen them, the government seen them, they released the documents saying, you know, there's enough evidence. Right. So I'm over that. But what is interesting to me now is that why these trends have, like, come up in, in our time where people are suddenly interested in UFOs, you know, like, why the media is interested in it, why we make movies about UFOs, and then they go away. And then why they come back, you know, and then they go away. Or why we're going why we're so interested in the moon and going back to the moon and all this stuff. And then it goes away, you know, like why we spent all this money to go to the moon and then we didn't, you know, like continue. And all these things, like these patterns that come up in human psychology, really, that's what it is. It's these like expressions of human psychology, wanting to pay attention to certain things. And then it goes away. So like UFOs are hot right now but really no one's asking the question of like why UFOs are so hot right now. You know, like there's a reason for that. It does, does that happen? You right, know, that,
0: well, that's interesting. Cause our buddy does ask that question and he thinks that it might be a diversion for some, from some other stuff. But again, yeah. that's a whole, that's a whole podcast on itself. But even here's
1: the thing is, is even if it's a diversion, these things are still being seen. So it's like, right. I think my personal opinion is, is the more technology we get, the more, um, you know, advanced shit we come up with or whatever, the more we're going to see shit that we don't understand. You know, it's like when we first, you know, as human beings became aware of certain things, it's like the more you learn, the more new things pop up where you have to learn or understand them to keep evolving forward, you know? And I think maybe this is some big part of our evolution, you know, maybe all the stuff with technology and AI Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, you know, and yeah. Well
0: maybe, how long it lasts, you know. It, it it may, away, that would... But maybe
1: the other thing too is maybe the reason why it's hot and cold, like what you're saying, and these trends and different things, first of all, the media is just gonna follow whatever they can get the most clicks at this point. Yeah. The news isn't the news. They're not getting on TV with non biased, you know, yeah, just the, it, the it, news it, it, is
2: amplifying that interest, that initial interest. So whatever, right. you know, like there's enough interest in UFOs that the media has grabbed a hold of it, you know.
1: Right. So and it's that's a hot they, it's a hot topic. We got to get yeah. this out there, you know. So
2: But it's hot for a reason. It became hot before right. the news, you know. Well, I think
1: of it. I think like I said, I think but it's you got all these different people coming from different angles. You've got the Tom DeLonge and To the Stars Academy, you've got, you know, your Bob Lazar stuff, you've got your um Stephen Greer, you've got all these different people that have these different takes on this one phenomenon that nobody can understand or explain you know so um like i said even if it is our own government then what are we doing we have the best shit in the world and we're still acting like idiots you know like that doesn't make sense to me so that's why i don't necessarily jump to the oh it's our advanced stuff because let's say we did have some sort of anti-gravity technology how come we're not cultivating other planets and solar systems right now you know like if we had that stuff maybe man we would have we would have not stopped at the moon we would have kept yeah you could say oh well we may be doing that stuff but it's like nobody there's no way to verify that because nobody has the ability to do that stuff you know so maybe elon musk and i guarantee you he's probably even if he knew something he'd be not at privy to to talk about it based on you know his connections yeah you know different governments
2: i don't know man i don't know how deep it goes like uh I mean, the one interesting thing you brought up is like, um, as technology continues, you know, we'll see more and more of this stuff. What's like, um, there's some, uh, I forget what book it was, but, um, there's a lot of encounters with, uh, UFOs in like South America with like indigenous uh, cultures and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, there's one case where I forget who it was. Um, they were on like a boat and they're in the middle of like the Amazon, uh, rainforest and, uh, the guy you know he's some white dude and he's like holy shit and he's like look at all these ufo's like he just saw like this dance happening up in the sky and and like the, he was like with uh some uh you know, indigenous people on the boat and they're like oh they're like oh that's been happening forever you know like <laughs> that's not nothing, that's nothing new they call and they're like those are spirits and they leave us alone we leave them alone you know right so it's like this ufos have been around forever you know since we probably have evolved with like the notion of a ufo or anything like that you know for a thousand millions of years probably you know and we just kind of as technology advances as we become more like rational minded we separate ourselves from nature more and more so those things become they're not just common to us anymore they're like oh that's that's different than us you know as one mm-hmm. as we like can't become one side of the duality of things you know like we can identify things that are not ourselves even easier and i think that's what's happening as technology advances we can we can say no 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 that's not human you know that's not that's not human creation because it's different you know we're able right. to define that more and more and as we do that then we separate ourselves even more from these other things but like these you know if If we went back a thousand years you know before computers and all this stuff we would we would just accept those things as being there we would be like oh right like no big deal you know like whatever
1: like our last guest we had on he was in italy checking out there's all those paintings with UFO type things. I don't know if you've seen those like Renaissance paintings where there's like a actual disc in the sky and everybody's like pointing at it, you know, and And it's just like, it's like one of those things where like you just said, like this has been going on forever and it's just accepted. And the weird thing is this though, is the people back then, might have had a better perspective on it because there wasn't all sorts of planes and like you know that kind of stuff so when you saw something like that it was almost unmistakable because there was nothing else like that you know
2: like sure that's real
1: right and that's where you get the ideas of religions and gods and cargo cults and you know all that kind of stuff but um but you brought up a point too and i know you've been big into obviously you're in psychology and you're big into Young and all that stuff. Do you think that this is something that's obviously been embedded into our subconscious or um, that's maybe why we're prone to look for these things or?
2: Um, well, Young called it the modern myth. And myth is like hard to really describe quickly because generally like Westerners think of myth as being a fake you know, thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like a, it's more of like a living story to live by. Is really like a better definition of a myth and it represents something that's real as well. so like I think the reason that he called it a modern myth is because like um it's something that we don't fully understand, but we can dream about it kind of you know like it it has a connection to us somehow and under our unconscious and we can use it as a symbol of communication the The weird interesting thing about my experience when I was a kid um that I didn't mention with UFO. Is that before I saw the UFO, I imagined something. I imagined a plane hitting my house. And that always kind of like um, uh, messed with me because, like, it was a random thought of a plane aircraft hitting my house, you know? And this was before I saw any type of aircraft or anything like that coming near my house. And so, like, my imagination um, somehow picked up on you know, some type of event that was take going to take place, maybe, you know. Like it you could call it like just it just happened, you know, that mm. I imagined the plane hitting my house and then like a UFO like almost, you know, was coming closer to my house. Sure. Like just, you know, happenstance or whatever. But like Jungian uh psychology, depth psychologists don't really believe in just like happenstance or things like that. They they call synchronicity, they like synchronicity is a in my opinion, a real event that happens that, that is like um, there's enough evidence out there that shows that it actually exists. Um, so that would be like a synchronistic event where my imagination somehow um, came in contact with an event that was going to happen and then it created like an experience. So um, it's hard. It, it, UFOs to me are, um, if, if they're real objects, you know, like they um, that. I don't I don't know how to describe this really. Like it it's very possible to me that UFOs and all this don't really exist on in a plane that you and I call reality. They kind of interact with our unconscious, their imagination. That's what Michael believes a lot. Yeah,
1: I talked about that a lot. How like think about like a camera, like a camera taking a picture. The camera's gonna take the picture and you know you're gonna see what's physically there you know based on photons and whatever yeah and everything being captured i think that the whole ufo thing is consciousness based in some some capacity meaning you weren't when we look through our eyeballs the signals being sent upside down through our optical nerve our brain processing the data it's not just our brain is like a supercomputer so we're not just processing like what a simple camera is processing we're taking into account so much more so that's what i've talked about like what maurice was saying in the past is that um, it's somehow consciousness based and I don't know in what capacity, maybe we have more of a spectrum of understanding than we think we do, but still not the full spectrum. And that could be it. Yeah. Or maybe these things are in be you know, like we're maybe our minds in between one reality and another, and we're able to perceive things in the, the next reality, but not actually, you know get to that that full level yeah you
2: know? i mean the the ufo that i saw and, and my friends saw could have been a shared hallucination as they would call it where multiple people see something that's not real you know not real as in quote unquote real you know so we right. saw it in our minds i don't know if we if we took a picture at that moment if something would show up but it was a definite object that we both saw and it reacted exactly the same way so it's right. kind of like our brains are the the flare pod you know right. and and people are like oh there's the air you know the error is that it wasn't optically received and it was somehow like received internally you know mm-hmm. and it's like well that doesn't mean that it didn't like exist you know like just because it visually wasn't there and my brain somehow picked up on and two people's brain picked up on some type of an event you know very defined object um doesn't mean that it didn't exist it just means that it didn't exist Exists visually, you know, or in right. um, our sense of what is real. There's, I mean, there's a vast, there's half of reality, like, lies in the imagination. You know, half of every human being's experience of reality is actually 50% imagination. Right. You know, and we, as modern people, we never, um, we don't spend time um, acknowledging that at all. So, we completely deny this existence of our other half. And um who knows? Maybe UFOs play in that somehow. And if they were advanced enough, you know, things, they probably would, you know. So, well, I
1: mean, that we, you know, we can talk about this, you know, another episode or in the future. But, you know, just think about what we're consciousness. You know, people see this stuff on DMT, people see these things on uh, different psychedelics, people see these things. I, I, like i said i haven't seen something what we would call this physical reality but i've you know lucid dream and meditate and stuff and i've had a lucid dream where i was paralyzed and laying in like a, a red desert somewhere and there's just like a disc floating in the air like a few hundred yards to my left and i'm just laying there just like it was just the weirdest feeling and weirdest thing ever you know i wasn't like abducted or anything like that yeah it was literally just me laying there while this ufo hovers to my side you know so um, well like
2: a, a, a side you know discussion real quick like um aliens stuff like that which you know i don't really know um, uh, if aliens exist or not you know i've never really like you know had a shared hallucination of an alien with somebody else so i can't really say <laughs> I've like right. that but um if you look at like sleep paralysis, alien abductions, things like that. Like um, people, people experience aliens all the time. Like I have experienced aliens in sleep paralysis. I've been abducted by aliens in sleep paralysis. Like I would have, I would have thought that I was abducted by aliens, but um, I know enough about sleep and like science to be like, I can kind of rationalize the experience out as like, Oh, I had sleep paralysis, you know? But the Mm. experience of being abducted by aliens was was a real dream, you know, like that really happened in my dream. Mm-hmm. Um if you look at like indigenous cultures and stuff like that, you know, alien abductions are common through like um initiation practices, through you know, like shama- shamanic initiation practices. They usually are abducted by some type of alien right. being. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then um you talk to or listen to people, uh shamans in South America and and they call in the doctors to help them assist in um, treating people a lot of these guys are you know they're they have catholic belief systems because of the area of the planet but most of the time if you read their descriptions enough you can get to the understanding that these are not not like angels you know these are right these are probably some type of alien like being that's like assisting them right and um just by their descriptions you know you're like oh this sounds a lot like uh some type of gray like alien being you know
1: sure yeah. so
2: just i just think people have like too narrow view of the reality and they just want to stick into that you know and they don't they don't get that like this shit's been going on forever you know and like people have known about it it's been ingrained in their cultures and like their traditions and rituals and everything for you know since the beginning of mankind yeah. yeah and and it's just recently that we're actually separated ourselves from that it's not this hasn't been a long time you know like 200 years max you know so well
0: there's obviously been a disconnect i mean i don't know if the the younger dryas fully happened but if the if that did go down and there was a lost technology or civilization or whatever that would that would kind of add up to a lot of a lot of these mysteries but yeah
1: yeah i mean the other thing too is you know like you said there's There's lots of research going on now too with, I mean, I'm sure you saw the recent report or study on DMT being uh, endogenously produced in the brain, not necessarily, you know, just uh, um, compartmentalized in the pineal gland, but, you know, I think they did a study with rats where they induced cardiac arrest, which caused them to, you know, go into this DMT kind of NDE experience, if you will, but... Mm. What do you think of the, about something like that? Like, I know we've both read Dr. Rick Strassman's DMT and the Soul Prophecy. Like you said, when you were eight or nine, um, you thought a plane was going to hit your house. Now, that would be pretty traumatic. Do you think that it's possible that you were probably maybe went into this chemical gateway or had some sort of dump, DMT dump or something?
2: I mean, it wasn't like a, it, it wasn't a traumatic like experience where I it thought was just it. like a thought. Yourself. yeah it was just like a side thought like you know um say you're driving down the road you know and you're kind of in autopilot mode and suddenly like a uh, a friend you know you're like oh i was thinking about my friend oh, i was just know? driving
1: like, for 10 minutes and d- didn't even realize what was going on
2: yeah, yeah. but i mean like the idea yeah, is like, that
0: happens to me all the time
2: yeah it's crazy. but i mean like say you Don't know, text you're, and drive you're kind of in a zone and then you're kind of zonked out and then suddenly a thought appears, you know, you're like, Oh, I haven't thought about my friend, you know, whoever
1: right. in years, yeah.
2: maybe I shouldn't, you know, message them and you message them and maybe, you know, something's wrong or something, you know, it was kind of like that. It was just like, I was kind of like a meditative, you know, calm state really, you know, mm-hmm. cause I was watching stars, wasn't moving my eyes around things like that. So I'd really be like meditating sure. and, and then my, uh, you know, my imagination wandered next the the image that it popped up in my head was a plane hitting my house, you know? And I was like, huh, that's weird. You know, yeah. like I've never thought of a plane hitting my house before. Why is that? And then suddenly, you know, this weird event starts happening where this plane looks like it's actually going to hit my house. So right. initially I thought, you know, like my, my whole worry during the whole time wasn't a UFO hitting my, you know, coming. And I wasn't like, Oh my God, there's this UFO. Like, happening you know right. i was like there's a plane and it's going to hit my house that's what i was scared about and like i was petrified at one point so scared because i thought this plane was actually going to hit my house you know like sure. and I, I couldn't move to go yell you know wake my parents up i was petrified with fear and then it just stopped moving and took off you know and then my friend Maybe. was like
1: well that still wouldn't even if you felt that way that wouldn't explain your friend seeing the scenes yeah exactly anyway. like so, he saw
2: i don't know what he thought you know like i never right. asked him like hey did you imagine something before like you right. saw it or anything you know
0: maybe it actually hit your house in some donnie darko shit <laughs> yeah there. you're in
1: a we're <laughs> in a different universe <laughs> right now no
0: you gotta uh, got kill you gotta kill frank man
1: do you ever <laughs> look into uh this john max work with like alien abductions and, and that kind of stuff no no John Mack was like the head of psychology at uh, uh, Harvard. Uh, I think he's he's passed away now, but um, he interviewed like over 200 people that had abductions and came to the conclusion that there's something going on that can't be explained, you know, with, with the rulers Zimbabwe. Well, that that was that we did a little short video on our ancient secrets channel where, um, he went there was a a mass sighting with 60 something kids in uh in a school in zimbabwe where Uh, they were all out they were all out at recess and every single one of these kids saw this thing and you can see that they were interviewed after you can see like the terror in their eyes and some of them were crying some of them were scared um and he went there and interviewed all those kids and said they definitely saw something you know and the weird thing is they all drew pictures with similar similar thing and that um one of the aliens telepathically connected with one of the, the school children and it said, what, why are you so, or why do you need to be so technologed, or why are you guys so technologed? You know, some, something like, why are we using so much technology kind of a thing is, is but yeah, it was just, it's a weird thing. And that
0: was in Zimbabwe. So I don't know. Yeah.
1: That's probably, probably one of the most famous uh, African experiences with that stuff.
2: I mean, it, that kind of stuff just, you know, um I strange to say the least. Yeah, I, I I personally believe in aliens, you know. Some something like that. I don't know where they're from, you know, whatever, but that's just my personal view. But um, you know, but there isn't I don't think there's evidence to shows that like and definitely like there are with UFOs that they're real, you know what I mean? And I've never mm-hmm. had like a I've had like out-of-body experiences where I encounter aliens and psychedelic experiences where I encounter aliens. But, um, you know, those are, those are for me, easy to say that it's my imagination, you know, even though I understand now that imagination is a very important part of reality as well. Right. Um, where most people would say, well, it's your imagination, then it's not real, so we discredit it, you know? So I can't, like... I think it's absolutely interesting. And I and I think there is more than enough information out there to sh- that could make me believe that aliens exist, you know? Like something yeah. like that.
1: Why do we do that? Like our brain is this amazing supercomputer that's gotten us this far. But then on certain things, it's like, we can't trust that. Or let's poo-poo this because... But it's like, that could be the next level. You know, like that could be the next step you know it could be something having to do with that maybe this is what maybe it's all an illusion created by us to propel us forward even more you know i have no idea yeah. but i'm just saying like it's funny that we rely on our day-to-day consciousness for pretty much everything but then when something weird happens we don't <laughs> rely on it. it just doesn't make any sense to
2: yeah me. i don't know i'm i have the same problem really um because i have like a lot of out-of-body experiences my dreams and um, some people would, you know, like in my groups and stuff, they're like, well, don't you, you know, you have these experiences are not obviously they're real, you know? And, right. and I'm like, no, I, I don't, I'm, I remain skeptical about it. You know, even though I have the experiences, they seem super real and all these things happen. It's like, it's hard for me for whatever reason to really jump over that line and be like, oh yeah. Like, you know, I think. I think really what it is is a fear of losing yourself you know a lot of it's a fear of losing your rational side of yourself Mm -hmm. and becoming crazy you know you see you see other people and how they act once they jump over the line and then you don't want to become that you want to be grounded you know you're Mm -hmm. you're determined to be that way and once you really acknowledge this like other side of yourself and you like um not just like ufos or whatever but those are steps to become unrational you know to become mm. ungrounded but and, and you really do have a chance of becoming insane you know like the crazy person on the street oh well, well no you one. could
1: well first of all i mean schizophrenia is real you could you know people that are you know pre you know or if you want to say epigenetics or whatever they have it in their blood or whatever uh you know somebody that's you know, exposed to that stuff, and then they do psychedelics or something, it could definitely set up. So, anybody that's bipolar, schizophrenic, you know, they obviously shouldn't be messing with hallucinogens and weed, and a- alcohol, sense. anything mind altering. You shouldn't, you know, uh, but even let's say not the crazy people, uh, you can definitely go down a rabbit hole and find yourself, you know, thinking weird things, you know, like you can convince yourself of things that maybe are a little bit too you know, down the rabbit hole. But I mean, I, for me, it's a weird thing because of my OCD. I'm, I'm almost like forced to be a control freak in some regards. So anytime I can break that and feel like not in control, you know of my own situation Mm. is is is, that's the best policy anybody that has ocd everything in
0: moderation that's the thing well
1: anything anybody that can identify with ocd in some sort of way you know there's different types you know there's people that just think things there's people that you know wash their hands there's people that count squares whatever it is you can identify with the fact that you are part of your brain is wired to be like a control freak you know so part of me getting out of that loop was to understand like just let shit happen, man. You can't control anything. And it's hard. It's not as easy as that. Any, You know, like anybody that's had any sort of mental condition, it's not as easy as somebody saying, Oh, take this pill or, Oh, yeah. do this therapy or, Oh, take the psychedelic, you know, whatever it is. It's so much more beyond that. There's work. There's understanding like people that, un- if you can understand yourself, I think that's the first step with all this stuff. You know,
2: 100%. I think, uh, our modern view of psychology is completely like, it's absolutely a joke um and there's much more to it um depth psychology for me has given me a lot of a um understanding of what uh, i think is missing from modern psychology but um i think a depth psychologist would say that anybody has the potential of becoming uh, insane um if they unground themselves enough and i mean like unground themselves become completely unrational and just kind of dive into what they call the unconscious allowing it to possess them and take them over um, so anybody could become schizophrenic like young and if you read like any of young's um, diaries or anything like that he was absolutely like, having full-blown hallucinations during the day and he ri- writes that uh, it was only for his work and his family you know that he was able to be um, rational enough that he was able to ground himself in reality and not completely go insane
1: mm-hmm. so
2: i think I think the reason that people don't want to believe these things or recognize the facts of the matter is because they don't they they like the reality that they live in they like the rational control that they have over themselves and and they don't want to lose that and they they're fearful of being insane they're fearful of like really building a relationship with their imagination, you know, allowing it to actually take kind of control over them for a moment, you know? So I think that is probably something that's come up in the last couple hundred years, really like um, where we've kind of separated ourselves and become super um, progressive and stuff like that as a technology based society now, when before Mm -hmm. we weren't as much, we were more, Kind of middle of the road i think or maybe even more imaginative than rational so yeah i mean it's it's dangerous it's very dangerous to our society today to be anything but the way that most of us are you know yeah that's why there's homeless you know talking to themselves after doing you know like we're like "Those, those people are crazy we put them away you know like right that's not okay to act like insane you know
1: right Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't know. I mean, I know you're on the West coast. I've heard some pretty crazy shit about Seattle, Portland and parts of LA, you know, it's just like, you know, at some point we got to figure out this mental health crisis. Like, you know, some of these people definitely need help. Some of them should definitely be on medication. Uh, There's probably some people that are just lost or whatever, you know, the case may be, but there's definitely, you know, And then a lot of these people do drugs, you know, on the streets Mm -hmm. and shit like that. So it's like, how do we get them out of that mode? You know, do they have to find it themselves? I mean, I've always been in the camp that you can only help yourself, you know, like, yeah, some people could use a helping hand or some people can use a nudge or whatever. But if you're really going to, if you have a real problem, whether it's addiction, some sort of mental affliction, you know, OCD, bipolar, whatever it is, you, you need to work on it you need to want to pull yourself out of there and figure it out yourself you can't just rely on other people to be like this is how you do it or this is this will make you feel better it's literally got to be you understanding yourself and pulling yourself out of it so but yeah
2: man i think it goes back to um where you're you know to um, aliens to aliens it really <laughs> does because it's like it sounds really like um selfish to say this but it's not about fixing other people or making other people believe in something. It's about fixing yourself and fixing your beliefs, you know, or being more well, well-rounded because that has a huge impact on other people. Like when people see you change, you know, they want mm-hmm. to change, but when you try to force other people to change, they resist it with everything in their body, you know?
1: Right. So like
2: it does absolutely more, um, has a large, much larger effect. If you, just kind of go on the way that you, you know, that you should be on, you know, go on your path and pursue that. Um, as long as you're not hurting other people, you know, and, and be the best person you possibly can most well-rounded person that you can. And, and then other people will see that and start saying, Oh, well, um,
1: yeah. Like, like you know, lead by example. Kind yeah, of thing.
2: exactly. Be in it,
1: We don't have a lot of that by the way, because it's everybody nitpicking it at what everybody else is doing as opposed to like focusing on becoming the best version of themselves. You know, everybody
2: wants to be Jesus, man. Yeah. yeah. They do.
1: Look, that's not a bad thing. You know, like we've done episodes on like the evolution of consciousness and there's different stages and plateaus and things that you focus on when you have different paradigm shifts and stuff like that. Um, I think though you're right. I think there's too many people worrying about everybody else but them act- but their actual selves. That's why you see people on Xanax and pills and there's so many people, you know, that rely on that kind of stuff that, you know, it's yeah. not just it's not just crazy people, it's suburban people that just trying to get through their day. It's your bankers, it's your, you know, it's even doctor, you know, like so it, we're all living in the same world and it gets kind of crazy, but I think you're right. I think the and I 100% agree with that is we all just need to focus on our own stuff and help people when you can and do your thing obviously but um, the main thing is making sure that you personally are good to go and then if you feel like you're so grounded and, and everything's great then maybe that's when you start to reach out and yeah. help fix other people. And people you know?
2: ask you questions you know like if you know some shit people will start asking you questions about it and then you share their knowledge you know the knowledge right. that you know. It's not like I'm spout you know going around and yelling at people and saying like don't you know the truth aliens are real or UFOs are real you know like (laughs) they're just think i'm crazy you know but like every once in a while somebody will ask me you know like hey what's your experience or something like that you know and i'll be like oh oh this is it and it may convince them that um you know because they know i'm trustworthy or whatever they may be like oh well maybe maybe that is real you know Mm -hmm. so It's just about, yeah, it's not being selfish and being like, oh, it's all about me, you know, but it's about fixing your own psychology before you go about thinking that you can fix other people. You know, like if you're on Xanax and all these other medications, you probably should not be like telling other people how to like think about their life, you know, and like what's good for them and bad for them. It's like you need to reflect in the mirror a little bit and say why am i on these medications why do i have anxiety why do i have depression and then fix your you know like build a relationship with yourself yeah
1: but you you said psychology is broken because the reductionist view is that they go to the doctor the doctor tells them they have a chemical imbalance you have a chemical imbalance it's not has nothing to do with you know uh your your cognitive behavioral you know situation you know it's and then they they do push cbt a lot you know, cognitive yeah. care, are, but it's just not, there's not, it seems like they're just trying to get pills away as opposed to get to the root. Like what's, what was the trigger for you to feel this way? Like what is causing you to think about these things? You know, like there's a, always a root and, and if you can find that root, you're, you're in a better position than most, but yeah, man, it's it's crazy times we live in. We got aliens, we've got, you know, all sorts of uh <laughs> We
0: got Xanax, we got aliens. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, but but yeah, I, I just I think that um I think we're you know kind of on the right track where you see all these different, you know, like I, I poo poo social media sometimes and stuff. Obviously we use it for to get the word out and this podcast and stuff, but um some people are using it for knowledge and information and i think that's a great thing and i think that if you know where to look these days there's a lot of great information out there that probably wasn't available to to most people before you know whether it's occult knowledge or um you know stuff having to do with consciousness and that kind of stuff um but who knows man i mean life's weird and you know everybody's everybody's under the assumption that it's always going to move in this one direction forward but you know who knows what's going to happen so
2: yeah, I mean, uh, I I think that you you're right, man. Um, I mean, we live in a time today that has more information that like truthful and um, erroneous yeah. information available to us than any other time in history. And you, if you spend the time, you can find a lot of. I mean, there's no more, there's no better time than now to build connections like these cross-cultural connections, things like that that show like some form of real truth, you know, in it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's there. It's just um, you know, it's just hard to find kind of you have to look really hard. And I think uh, you know, I think Young was right when he said that alien or UFOs are the modern myth because we're we're looking for something outside of ourselves to answer our problems too, you know? And um people you know if you listen to it, people are talking about aliens and UFOs, they're like, I want UFOs to come, I want aliens to come save us, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, that becomes a myth by itself, right there. You know, it's like the outside force saving the world kind of thing. We've heard about that in many myths before, you know. So, that's
1: assuming yeah. that that they could save us or they're even on yeah. the same wavelength, they might, you
0: know? might already saved us. Like, it's, no, think but... about it,
1: it could be like us, how we look at ants, it could be the same way for them looking yeah. at us, you know. So,
2: exactly. So.
1: But what, uh gun to the head, you obviously believe in UFOs, but you believe in aliens? Yeah, he said, he said Yeah, that.
2: yeah.
1: What about you, I, Maurice? I know
2: UFOs pay, exist. Pay I attention, believe. man. I know UFOs exist. I believe in aliens. How about that?
1: Okay. Right. That's a good answer. What about you, I, Maurice? I believe in UFOs. Because you're a little bitch sometimes about this. <laughs> yeah.
0: I believe in UFOs. I think you have to, but I don't know about the alien thing. I Like you said, it might be interdimensional. It might be... Who knows? But I need some more. I need some more proof before I can really commit to that.
1: Yeah, and everybody interested in this stuff, check out Dr. Andrew galmore's book, uh, Alien Information Theory, too, because that has a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, if you haven't read that yet, we I think you'll really enjoy that book as well. um And uh, you're working on a book too, so we'll look for that in the future. We'll have you on about that more psychology-based stuff. I yeah, that's started, started
2: lucid dreaming stuff. So
1: yeah, 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 that's awesome, man um so anything else or we uh we covered the, the, the gambit
2: yeah i think we're good on the ufo thing for <laughs> yeah. now.
1: well no i mean i, I appreciate you coming on because like i said when you mentioned you were on the nimitz i'm like holy shit you know because obviously that's the most famous um you know david fravor and you know all that stuff the you know the pilots and everything in the videos that came out yeah uh, i mean
2: uh one thing about uh you know nimitz is a it's a nuclear aircraft carrier too so um you know we always and, and the story is that a lot of the ufos kind of hover around UFO, our nuclear facilities and stuff like that so mm-hmm. you know i always kind of wondered that you know like uh when i was on the ship i was like oh man like are you some ufos gonna come around because we have nukes you know like right. or not nukes but the nuclear reactors in the ship sure so, and they did yeah you know, when I was there, but, you know, you never know. It could be underneath the
1: ship. <laughs> nuclear reactor, nuclear fission, all that stuff's crazy. And if anybody's seen, hasn't seen Chernobyl on HBO, check that out too. Just the damage that that, you know, that that whole power source can do, you know, if it's, it's not maintained and taken care of properly. So, all right, Alrighty. dude. Well, thanks for coming no, on no and uh, check sure. out taileaters.com and, um, We'll have his links down below and uh, we'll have you back on again. And we'll maybe we'll, next time. We'll talk about psychology.
2: That'd be cool. Yeah. Thanks.
1: All right, buddy. Peace. See
2: yeah. Ya. See ya.